Shalom! You're listening to the Immunity Podcast with me, Rabbi Yoni. Let's inspire your neshama to grow. Last week, we examined the parsha and how Yaakov Avino was the archetype of Amuna. In our discussion, a difficulty was raised regarding Yaakov. When Yaakov encounters Paro, Paro asks about his age. Yaakov tells him the years of his life were few and difficult. The simple reading of the text leads us to the conclusion that Yaakov complained. How could one who is a master of Amuna complain about the life that Hashem gave him? After looking at the Mavarshan, we conclude that Yaakov was really explaining to Paro that he isn't as old as he looks, and so on. However, the question is still asked on a basic level. Can someone feel suffering and still have Amuna? Can someone complain about the suffering and still have a Muna? I'd like to posit that yes, one can have a Muna and still experience suffering and perhaps even complain about it. A Muna is a matter of perspective. So what's the purpose behind our pain? Our purpose behind our suffering? It's an age-old question that many people have endeavored to answer throughout the years. It's a challenging question since it brings up why evil exists. Yeshaya teaches us that Hashem created evil, that he created suffering. So if Hashem can only create something that can be for the ultimate good, then even suffering can, in the end, only be for the good. Let's look to the Parsha to give us insight. In our Parsha Shmos, we see there's a lot of suffering of Klai Yisrael. The Midrash takes notes of this. The Holy One, blessed be He, gave three good gifts to Yisrael, and He gave them only through afflictions, the Torah, the land of Israel, and life in the world to come. Midrash Rabbah Shmos 3. Gimel. The Midrash brings sources throughout Tanakh to prove its points. Tehillim 94.2. Praiseworthy is the man whom God afflicts and from whose you teach from your Torah. Devarim 8.5. You should know in your heart that just as a father will chastise his son, so Hashem your God chastises you. Mishle 6.23. For a commandment as a lamp, and the Torah is light, and reproving discipline is the way of life. The Midrash says a lack of discipline causes one to turn away from Hashem and his mitzvahs. Therefore, there is a very clear benefit to our suffering. It keeps us humble and pure, serving Hashem. The core identity of a Yid and Halam Abba are dependent on this suffering. So it's not a lack of Amuna to see suffering in life. Rather, it's an expression of Amuna to see God's handiwork in our lives. The Midrash discusses how suffering is necessary to bring about our ultimate salvation. It refines and guides us in life. In fact, when we fail to discipline, we have offspring that are ashamed. Discipline, sometimes harshly, is necessary for growth and sticking to Torah values. Examples include Yishmael versus Yitzchak. Esau versus Yaakov, and David Amalek with his sons Avshalom and Adoniah. In the Sidra, we see plenty of suffering. B'nai Yisrael put into servitude. Execution ordered for the Jewish male babies. Paro gets Zaras and uses Jewish blood to try to treat it. Backbreaking labor increases when Moshe returns. And Jewish children are put to death between the bricks. In these cases, we see the narrative driving toward the point of redemption. All of this suffering was necessary for the ultimate salvation at Kriyas Yamsuf, 
so too our suffering is necessary. Rabbi Elimelech of Lezensk once shared about a serious decree against Claudius Yisrael. Rabbi Elimelech worked to nullify the decree. The Magid of Mesrich appeared to Rabbi Elimelech in a dream. Rabbi Elimelech asked him to pray to nullify the decree. The great Magid responded, As long as I was alive and things appeared to me as a harsh decree, I was able to dive him properly. Now that I see things differently from above, I clearly see everything as good. How can I possibly pray for good to be withheld from my people? It says in Eov 36.15 that he rescues the poor man by afflicting him. This brings us to the great example of suffering in Tanakh, that of Eov, Job. Eov had plenty of suffering in his life, but why? The Midrash illuminates the issue for us. Eov served on Paro's council alongside Bilam and Yisrael. Bilam supported the torture and destruction of the Jewish people. As a result, he was sentenced to death. Yisrael dissented and argued for the Jewish plight. He left to Midian for his life, and as a result, he was rewarded with his daughter Zipporah marrying Moshe, and his offspring would later serve on the Sanhedrin. Eov took the neutral ground. Essentially, his stance on the suffering of the Jews was, that sounds like a you problem. As a result, he was given suffering and loss that mirrored that of the Jewish people so that he could do tshuva and no longer be ambivalent to the plight of others. It was recently shared in the Devar Torah regarding Acher that he went off the derrick after seeing a young boy climb a tree to fulfill the mitzvah of Shloka Khan and falling to his death. Personally, you'd think a Torah scholar of this caliber would get it. After all, while well, even off the derrick, he kept his Talmud accountable to the halacha and made sure he didn't walk outside the Tukum on Shabbos, counting the steps while engaged in deep and meaningful conversation. We have to drop our assumptions and pride. The Gemara in Sanhedrin 103b cites a midrash that Moshe petitioned Hashem as to why he was allowing Jewish children to be put to death by being used as batter for the bricks to hold each other. Hashem allowed Moshe to save one of them, Micha. Micha was later directly involved in the Chet Egel, as well as forming his own cult of Avodah Zarah and had to be put to death. Hashem's example was clear. For these children, death at this moment of purity was better for them than a future that would lead them and Klai Yisrael away. Moshe and Bnei Yisrael didn't understand this suffering because they lacked perspective. Let's recap. Why is there suffering? Reality is we don't see the big picture. All evil and suffering in the world, all the Baruch Dain Amis, is really good, a Baruch Hashem, and the perspective of eternity and Am Haba. Suffering can be a tikkun for where we fall short, either in this life or another. I have stories to share with you regarding the idea of suffering being a tikkun for another life. The Bris. I was unfortunately not able to find the providence of this story, but I recall hearing it. There was a baby born, and the mother schlepped the baby to the next town in secret to the mohel for a bris on the eighth day. The baby looked healthy and well, and the mother went to the side room to wait during the bris. Once the bris was completed, the mother came in, and to her shock, her son had died. The mohel explained everything went well, but the boy died immediately afterward without reason. Makabal explained the boy was actually a reincarnation of Gilgal of someone who kept all the mitzvahs and intended to convert, but died before he could be circumcised. He had to come back and complete this last mitzvah. The Unexpected Child The Baal Shem Tov tells a similar story. You can read about it at Chabad, the link's posted on my website. Essentially, a husband and wife 
wanted a share, wanted a child, and they tried every sigula they could, to no avail. They went to the Baal Shem Tov, who sadly informed them they were not destined to have children. Upon seeing their great anguish, the Baal Shem Tov blessed them with having a boy. Shortly after, they had a boy, Anabris. The boy grew up happy and healthy. On his second birthday, he wouldn't wake up. Nothing could be done. When they later saw the Basham of the Talmud of the tragedy, he revealed they were not destined to have a child, but upon seeing their anguish, he saw there was a soul that needed to come down for a short while for Tikkun. Several hundred years ago, there was a Goyish king and queen who wanted a child. Upon threatening to expel the Jews to receive their prayers, they were blessed with a baby boy. For two years, the boy nursed. By the age of five, he surpassed the ability of the local teachers, and they brought in a priest with renown to teach him. Long story short, the priest was Jewish and in hiding, and the boy learned from him many years, discovered he was Jewish, and the Jew agreed to teach him Torah in secret. Later on, the boy chose to convert in secret and move out of the kingdom, never return to the palace. That boy, the converted, had but one tikkun to make. Two years of his life being fed in a spiritually negative palace. The Rich and the Poor there was a rich man who had a life of difficulties, and when he consulted a Makubal, he was told to go to a certain apartment number and leave him a fortune, that his sorrows would end. He went to the apartment number, gave the stranger a large sum of money. Upon leaving the apartment, he slipped on the stairs and fell to his death. When the Makubal was asked for an explanation, he told them a story. There were once two men, friends, many years ago. It seemed one was destined to be rich and the other poor. The first poor one asked his rich friend for tzedakah. Upon the giving of tzedakah, the fortunes turned and they swapped roles. The formerly poor man now rich, and the formerly rich man now poor. The formerly rich man now poor asked for tzedakah from the formerly poor man now rich, and the request was granted. Tables turned again. Poor, rich, then poor. When he asked his friend for tzedakah once again, the rich man declined, recognizing the pattern. He just couldn't be poor again. The poor man died in his poverty, and the rich man felt guilt for the rest of his life. Makubo pointed out that the poor man was reincarnated as the poor person in the apartment, and the rich man as the rich person who died on the staircase. This last act of tzedakah was the final tikkun he needed. These stories all have common themes. One of them is not death. They just happen to have a coincidence of that. They all have a common theme of there needing to be a tikkun from a prior life, and sometimes that's why we experience the suffering we do when we don't fully understand it. Amuna, it's not trusting that God's going to spare us from suffering. Amuna is trusting in God and seeing suffering as a gift when it's given. Baruch Hashem, it's not a catchphrase. It's a mindset and ultimate reality. Just as Yaakov recognized everything was min hashemayim, so too may we merit to recognize the true source of our tzuras and appreciate everything Hashem sends our way. We don't need to understand why we are suffering. We just need to understand that suffering was created by Hashem as one of the means of refining us to who and where we need to be, either in this life or the next. Thank you for listening to the Moonity Podcast on Anchor by Spotify. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends. Have a question or a chiddush? I'd love to hear from you. 
please email me or leave a voice message on the Anchor app. You can become a monthly supporter on anchor.fm or by visiting rabbiyoni.org slash donate. This podcast is a project of Yidbrick, Building Jewish Bridges. Learn more at rabbiyoni.org.